Welcome to MDA Insights, the podcast where we bring you the latest in training and development trends, straight from the experts at MDA Training. Each episode of MDA Insights will bring a fresh perspective on the topical L&D issues of the day. So whether you're a HR manager in L&D, talent or recruitment, or just someone who's curious about the latest trends in training and development, MDA Insights is the podcast for you. I'm your host for today, Oz Hussain, joined by my co-host, Cole Medlin. Cole, what's on your agenda today? Thanks, Soz. Today, we're going to be talking about how you overcome negative self-talk and boost confidence for early career professionals. And joining us today, we're very fortunate to be joined by Rowan Kayat, Head of Content at Sabini. Rowan, thank you for your time today and welcome to our podcast. Would you thank mind... Thank you for having me. Oh, no, it's our pleasure. Could you just tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you're currently working on? Sure. So my name is Rowan. I've been working in content marcoms for the past 12 years, moved in a lot of industries. I've shifted around. I think this has given me great insight and skills, how to really adapt to changing environments and how to find ways to immerse yourself in new careers. And, you know, just having the courage to do that jump. Right now, I've been working for more than a year here in Dubai with Zbuni as their head of content. I oversee the content on all their different channels. So whether marketing, communication, user experience on that, everything. It's been a real pleasure doing that. Okay, thank you, Ray. One word really stood, uh, stood out to me then, and when you used the word having the courage. And when I was looking through your LinkedIn profile, one sentence that particularly stuck out was when you mentioned about overcoming negative self-talk and actually you love writing but you never felt you had the courage you didn't feel you were courageous enough to put it out there for people to read it as a fellow writer that really resonated with myself so what were your fears that were underpinning that fear of actually putting your work out there for people to look at your writing well i guess it's you know, being vulnerable in front of strangers, you never know how that's going to be received. What's really interesting is that I started writing on LinkedIn before I took that to my more uh, personal social media like Instagram. And I think the reason for that is that sometimes we're more comfortable sharing with strangers than sharing with people that we know. So it took me almost a year of writing on LinkedIn to actually say, I want to start you know, writing more, I want to start writing about more things and writing in a different way. And maybe I need to start exploring another channel. A friend of mine suggested Instagram. So, and I was really afraid to do it because like, you know, I have all of these like friends and family and people that really know me on my Instagram account. And I was like thinking, what are they going to say? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to like it? Are they not? So I think every time 
we show a part of ourselves that is different or vulnerable, we're really scared about how, how people are going to take that or receive it. Have you listened to the TED Talk by Barry Brown on the power of vulnerability? Of course, yes. <laughs> it really resonates, very profound. And so how do you think, putting your work out there, I mean, how has your written work been perceived? Has it helped you deal with that negative self-talk? Yes, I mean, it definitely helped me deal with imposter syndrome because, you know, you're you feel you're never good enough. You don't feel like what you do is either right or good or you just shrug it off like you know it's not that important but the thing is people valid although we say you know do things for you and don't do it to seek validation but sometimes validation gives you that extra push that you've been that you've been really longing for um, I feel uh, like when I started receiving positive feedback about it it gave me that strength and that push to continue doing it. Robin, you know, it's fascinating to sort of hear this because, you know, certainly in my early career, I suffered, I had no confidence in myself and my abilities. And yet, you know, look at yourself and hearing your story, your backstory there, to look at where you are now, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile now with 25,000, you know, followers. It's amazing. What are some of the coping mechanisms you had to just give yourself that little boost to turn something negative into something positive? Um, I think, first of all, is uh, believing in my own abilities. This is one of one of the I, the one of the mistakes that I've done was not really believing in them. And uh, the second mistake was not believing in my own uniqueness. I mean, everyone says now everyone is special, so that makes no one special. But I really disagree. Everyone is special, and every one of us has something. To showcase to 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 really like you know let out that is different whether it comes from our background whether it comes from our experiences whether it comes from our skills whether it comes naturally there's something about each and every one of us that the other doesn't have and, and i think once we tap into that this becomes our weakness now becomes our strength absolutely there's a phrase that we use on our training programs and it's a lot of our clients are encouraging new people to the business to bring themselves 100% to the organization. Why do you think that is such a powerful phrase that a lot of organizations are asking of the new hires to bring themselves 100% to the workplace? I think this is a really interesting question because I feel like in our work, we are 50% of who we are. Sort of very monotone work environment where, where we feel more like robots than humans. And there's nothing really that brings us together or differentiates us and the work we're doing from other companies and other profiles because everyone just basically showing up as half of themselves. So I think if you come in as 100% of yourself, so with your background, with your hobbies, with your, you know, activities, with your interests, with your skills, you would be able to perform better. You would give the opportunity to, to other and the permission to other to, to, to do the same and be the same. And I think this kind of like melting pot, the different characteristics that don't come from our education, this is what makes the work more interesting and more productive. Yeah, I fully, I fully hear what you're saying and I agree with you. I'm an out professional in the business and years ago, 
I couldn't bring myself 100% to the classroom. And yeah. actually what that did, it meant you had to conceal part of your identity. And with, when you conceal, there's elements of shame. All these other parts of you where you don't really thrive in the workplace and you can shy away from being authentic self. And I think it's only when you are your authentic self, you really accelerate and people get the best of your personality and you operate more from a place of willingness. Going back to your point earlier about making mistakes, I always... I believe strongly that we learn more from our mistakes than getting things right. Would you agree with that? Of course. How would we know if if we don't like if we're getting things right all the time? How do we know what are the areas that we need to improve on, or when what things we could have done better? The only way to learn is to fail, because if we succeed, we we wouldn't want to push further. So like, let's say, I don't know if you're cooking something and you have you you do you make the recipe each time. Excellently. How would you know if there's areas for it to improve? You have to at least make it badly once for you to understand what is the taste that is missing, what is the ingredient that you missed. Otherwise, you wouldn't even know what you're doing to make it right. Is it your skills? Is it the the ingredients? What is it that you're putting in that pot that's making it right? But the first time you get it wrong, you inquire, you have the urge to, to, to ask yourself why and you figure out what you have been doing wrong. Have you noticed the last few years, um, I don't know, also, Ryan, if you've noticed, but I've certainly noticed out in the training space, there's a huge shift from organisations that before where there was a fear of failure. Now they're encouraging people to get things wrong and share that and let's all learn from the errors and how we uh, journey through that. Have you noticed any shift through any organisations? Definitely, yes, of course. And I think also... It differs from big corporation to startups. I think startups really have this ecosystem where they want to be pioneers in this new form of culture and work environment. And they allow uh, these uh, mistakes to happen or this idea of let's sit in a room and brainstorm together. Let's bounce off ideas. And I think, so I think this is where it really started and it's catching on to bigger organizations because I think they are really understanding that now people are no longer quitting just for the salary, but one of the most important reasons why they're quitting is the work environment and the work culture and, and, and big corporations. So I think it's really catching on. And because again, this, this idea of us being human together in one room, this is what makes the work or the result even more outstanding than it was before. Absolutely. It was the saying that somebody said recently that if you're going to fail, fail spectacularly. And one day <laughs> in the offices and organizations, they're actually creating office space or whether it's a virtual space where actually people come together and have a place, a safe space to fail, to improvise, to play and yeah. to get wrong. Absolutely. I further that, Carl, as well. And I think, I think COVID maybe exacerbated this and brought this out much more is that Certainly as a person, I always strive for perfection. And it's a, it, I call it an illness sometimes in that I won't let something go unless I feel like it's as perfect as it can be. But often no one sees that element of perfection. They, as long as it's good enough, I think it's that going from it being good enough to try and get it to perfect. I think that's where some you can get some real negative emotions kicking in. And it can really draw you down because you're constantly, the energy you're putting in to get an extra 10%, where maybe it doesn't need that extra 10%. That's where I, I I've agree. noticed a big, big shift in that as well. I what, agree. What what tips would you give, Ryan, if there were people joining an organisation now and they, they have 
they've got to navigate themselves through some negative self-talk and maybe they need to boost their confidence. What tools would you share with them to help them go through the clearing of having a negative self-talk to a more positive self-talk and becoming more positive to confident? I think first of all is stop comparing yourself to others. We, we don't say this enough. Everyone has a different journey. Believe in your own journey, believe in your own skill set and you will get there. Just stop comparing yourself, your journey, your skills to other people because, you know, this brings me to my second point is find the rock star in you. What makes you stand out? Capitalize on that. You might be on a team with someone who, who is great at writing, but you're really great at coding, let's say. Don't really focus on why am I not good at writing and try to find the, a way to excel in coding or in what do you do best. And third of all, I would say is spend a lot of time outside the office or classroom or whatever to really explore yourself and find the qualities and you find your hobbies, find the things that will allow you to bring this 100% that we were speaking about to the office, yeah. you know, to just like bring in your personality and who you are as a person into your, your uh, functional skill set as well. I really like that. What, what I like about particularly is where you talk about be yourself and don't be don't shy away from what's different about you and i think it's only when we come together as a collective and we've got lots of different views and mindsets we have a diverse pool but we have diversity of thought and it's that diversity of thought that really propels organizations to maybe counter and get ahead of their competitors exactly that you're that you are look it's always the most unconventional ideas that stand out even if you talk in advertising even if you talk and you know sometimes it hits the wrong the the wrong spots but if you want you know like these are the ideas that really stand out because they are different because people are so used to scrolling on their phone seeing everything that is familiar that that they've seen a hundred times what really stand out is the brand or the company that took a chance on something different and if you take that at a much smaller scale it's the same within teams and it's the same within us find the the thing that makes you stand out the thing that is different in you and don't be afraid to show it yeah. I've, like, I'm I'm 34 years old I, I really learned this the hard way because we spend all of our lives trying to conform yeah. especially for me a woman a Lebanese woman living in the Middle East we really like the 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 pressure to conform and just be silent and be part of the herd is is really big and finding this thing that makes you unique even though it might goes against your custom your culture your family's expectation of you whatever it is find it and just go ahead you will really feel much more comfortable in your own skin you will celebrate your successes more you will be able to shine more it will really lif- reflect in other areas of your life Arana, as a, as a, what's the shift been like in your region would you say of recent the time sh- yeah the shift has Yeah, the shift has been really tremendous on a societal level honestly. Yeah. Especially in terms of uh, women and in, in the workplace. Definitely there has been a shift, but I would also say that, that there's still a lot to be done. More the family and uh, close, you know, like more close communities and on the mentalities in general. Yeah. And I feel like uh, you know the UAE is really pioneering this kind of shift. And, and and the culture in, in this area and uh, but there's still you know some 
things that ha- that are really indoctrinated in us as we grow up that still need like even for us women to stop believing before we ask the men to stop imposing so yeah yeah is i was um going back to your point earlier when you said find yourself that really resonated with me and i've just been listening to chris voss he's doing a master class on negotiating and influencing and he's been talking about curiosity and how it could be mm-hmm. the most accelerating the biggest accelerator tool that you can have so he said you can never be angry at a curious person so if you need to diffuse a situation if somebody's just asking you to tell if they're saying to you tell me more i'm interested you can't be angry at that person because they're sh- they're interested in you so therefore they become interesting and i thought that mm-hmm. was really important i think if you're new to business be curious about the organization be curious about the people and Dan- daniel goldman talks a lot um within his emotional intelligence about the self-awareness so be socially have self-awareness as well as social awareness so know your flaws know your triggers but then have the self-management skills and mindsets to be able to sort of if you notice yourself being triggered then actually put the tools in place to sort of go through that unhelpful thinking process to take yourself to helpful thinking and I think that's a lot of what we're talking about really today is clearing that negative self-talk. Are you familiar with Daniel Goldman's techniques and practices? Is that something you'd apply? I'm actually not familiar, but I'm familiar with Anthony Robbins' methods. I've recently been reading his book, Unlimited Power, and he there's several chapters in that that are very in, in that book that are very interesting, particularly about how we model to our own selves visually, you know, things that trigger us or the emotions that we have and how easy it is for us to control these. So I'm just going to be like, give you a very quick two minute recap because it's really interesting. He says to think about a situation that makes you happy or something about yourself that you love, for example, close your eyes and imagine it and see how bright and big it is like right in front of your eyes, how close, you know, make the, make even make the colors more brighter, make the sounds even more vivid in your memory and, and just think about that, how that makes you feel. Now, if you imagine, on the contrary, something that is bad or makes you angry about memory, whatever it is, you're going to feel like it's much darker and, uh, you know, it's but it's still occupying that place in your head. So what he suggests is to take that picture, decrease it in size, move it all the way back to to the far end of your, like, imaginary side because you have your eyes closed and then imagine there's a sun and it's burning there and it's disappearing and then right as you do that bring back like a positive image in your mind that is also like bright and big so whatever these triggers are whatever uh, different types of situation that make you feel low or angry just repeat that same exercise and with time you like uh, learn to rewrite a wire of your brain taking that negative emotion and turning it into like a positive model or outcome. And that sounds really great, Ryan. Can you share with us the book again in the author just for our listeners? Yes, Anthony Robbins, Unlimited Power. Fantastic. That sounds like something I really want to practice. It sounds a little bit, there's a synergy with laws of attraction and the power of now, like with the vision boarding and bring it to your present. Yes. He, he works a lot with NLP, so I think this is where he gets his techniques, but it's really interesting. It really is interesting. And there's some commonalities between a few different authors and you know proponents in that space. And often I look at it as repeat, repeat, repeat. 
You know, you can, you can, you often we get stuck in the kind of emotion of repeating some bad behaviors, but try and spin that and just keep repeating good behaviors and make that yeah. become part of your personality. Robin, we was going to, I was going to ask you, you know, the top three uh, tips for uh, people in their early careers, but to be honest with you, you've answered it fantastically. We didn't even need to ask you. You answered it perfectly in that previous, uh, uh, that, that previous uh, section. So I think, okay. you know, from our perspective i think fantastic it's been a very thank you, you know, been fantastic having you on our podcast i think we could, have carried on on. we could have carried on for another 20 30 minutes quite easily yeah. um, <laughs> definitely so but no thank you very much for your time Rowan. that's all for today's episode of mda insights at mda training we take a unique approach to training and development We don't just focus on the theory, we focus on the real-world application of that theory. We work with our clients to understand their specific needs and design experiential training solutions to meet those needs. But it's not just about the training. We work with our clients to help them achieve measurable results and create real behavior change in the workplace. We hope you found today's podcast invaluable. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. We'll be back next week with more insights and expert advice. Thanks for listening.